Narrative. Vision. Film. Cinematography. Storytelling. Music. Digital media. Scarlet Media. You're listening to 50mm, a Scarlet Media lens. Join us as we discuss our perspectives on digital media, filmmaking, and storytelling that inspires us. We've reached the end of yet another season of 50mm, a Scarlet Media Lens. With life slowly going back to normal, we thought it would be a good time to reflect on some of the good things to come out of the last year. We hope this will be the last time we talk about filmmaking under quarantine. For our finale this week, we return to our discussion about the future of film, TV, and media as the pandemic comes to a close, looking at our favorite works produced under COVID-19 guidelines and how it has changed our creative mindset and vision of future projects. And, as this is the last episode of the season, we also take stock of our work on 50mm, what we've learned, and how it has helped us grow. Once again, thanks for listening. Hi everyone, welcome to 50mm, a Scarlet Media Lens. Welcome to our last episode. So I'm here with Finley and Wallace, and this week we're going to talk about the best media that we've viewed over the last year in quarantine, and we're also going to talk about what we've learned this last year with our podcast and being at home, which, you know, kind of sounds like an overdone topic, but we're going to make it good, we promise. (laughs) We've got a new angle. (laughs) We've got a new angle, we found a new angle. We've got a new way of doing things. Okay, so I'm going to start off with Finley, what's the best Mm -hmm. piece of media, TV show, film, any of that that was produced during quarantine that you thought was really good? Well, for me, it's something I just watched today. The episodes just dropped. It's a freeform show. It's called Everything's Gonna Be Okay. And it's by this Australian creator, Josh Thomas, who I love. But basically, the show is about this Australian guy who becomes a guardian for his two little sisters after their parent dies. And the show is interesting just because it, it tackles a lot of issues like sexuality and autism in ways that feel like really fresh and like don't feel very much like like the show's trying to make like some big like point it's very human and down-to-earth stories and it's all very small which i really enjoy the first season it's was shot in los angeles like two years ago at this point and they just shot the newest season last year i think in the fall so during the pandemic and basically The way they adapted the show was every single episode takes place in the main character's house and all the storylines are focused on really small events. Like one of them is just focused on trying to get a character out of her room because she's depressed from the pandemic. And the show incorporates the pandemic into all the stories. That sounds really interesting. It's like they were able to fit it into the plot line, which I think is really hard to do. Yeah. I don't know if about other shows that have done like pandemic storylines but i know like whenever people say to me like oh it's about the pandemic i'm always like i don't want to watch that yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think that just like you know like talking about you know political issues like it's really sticky because it can seem like they're getting preachy and no one wants to watch that constantly totally what about you wallace what was your favorite piece of media made in quarantine I've definitely talked about it before. It's definitely Malcolm and Mary still. I've watched a couple of different things since, but Malcolm and Mary still stuck out to me just because, like Finley, anytime I hear something about it being like a COVID-19 focused episode, I get really wary because like I'm COVID-19 fatigued at this point. But there's some totally. stuff I exception. Yeah, exactly. Like there's some stuff I give exception to, like the South Park specials I always like watching because they're just funny and I like to poke fun at stuff. So it's like kind of fresh rather than just like, the usual not cry for help but like cautionary tale so michael mary kept that away and it was just like i love 
dialogue movies, at least when they're good content. Plus, Malcolm Mary just seemed really cool in how it just kept its crew very tight. Like they talked about how because of the pandemic, they wanted to have as minimal people as possible. So I think the I think the crew total was like approximately twenty five, including the cast, which is just Zendaya and John David Washington. Plus, the movie's just good. John David Washington and Zendaya both kill their performances. Yeah, it's always good when directors can make a good film out of something so small. Like kind of the same thing with One Night in Miami, where most of it was just like sitting in the hotel room. Um, exactly. And being able to make a good film out of just dialogue in one set is, you know, very good. Yeah, it's challenging. Like, it is challenging. Also, like how you brought up the vibes, you know, good vibes. Good vibes. Yeah. That, Malcolm and Mary also had my attention just because it was directed by the same guy that did Euphoria. And I love Euphoria so much. I will say, so my media piece that I wanted to talk about today was Saturday Night Live. Because, so, you know, everything shut down with the pandemic. But they were up, back up and running within a month because they were able to adapt so fast. And I think that's part of the reason that they've had like 46 seasons, because they've been able to adapt things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like when you watch it back now, it's like, oh, because they like talk about like Zoom meetings, like make skits about like, you know, just about like life in the quarantine. And I think at the time it was a breath of fresh air and being able to like laugh at things that everyone was going through, even though it was a really hard time to, you know, be sitting in your house all the time. And the way that they did it was really interesting because it's kind of the same as how we're recording this podcast, where they were just over Zoom and recording it and then putting all of their little boxes together and editing them together into this this scene where none of them are in the same room, but somehow they all feel like they are, which I think is really hard to do, but is also something that was needed to keep it going. And, you know, now they're back with, I think they have no live audience but they're back with a small crew and doing skits in person. But yeah, I think that was like a good way, one of the first to like adapt to that. And then, you know, the live concert started happening and all of that. And yeah, I think it was a good, not to be a Harry Styles stand, but a good sign of the times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Very nice. Had to plug. Okay, so going off of that, what are some filmmaking practices that we've learned in quarantine that you want to bring into, you know, just like talk about in the podcast or maybe bring into your life going forward. Let's start with Wallace. I feel like I definitely learned how to take a grand idea I have and like just make it out of just something really simple. Because with all the free time during quarantine at the beginning, I was definitely spending most of the time trying to come up with like skits, whether it be for like TikTok, just personal use and stuff like that. And now that I couldn't go traveling all over the place, you know, go to this location and that location, I really had to just figure out how to use my own space at home and also just condense the idea. And weirdly enough, that's been really helpful in just like getting me into a practice of A, making things and making them efficiently. And don't get me wrong, when I get the opportunity, I still want to do all that big stuff, but I feel like I'm able to do it like a lot better and just tighten it more without it being like a bunch of extra stuff that's not even necessary anymore. So that's actually been a surprisingly good help from this. Would you say that condensing your work has changed your creative process? Definitely a little bit. I definitely have gone from like making really long form jokes to like just making stuff that like will still have an impact just in a shorter amount of time. What about you, Finley? Well, I definitely relate to Wallace in terms of making like big ideas small. I mean, from the beginning of this podcast, I was talking about how like I had no idea how I was going to do my senior thesis and it ended up being like, I was going to have a crew and then I wasn't going to have a crew. So then my family was my crew in the cast. And that ended up being something that was really interesting. It'll be interesting to see 
how other people make things moving forward. Like I'm trying to imagine like, are there going to be like big crowd scenes? Are there going to be like big party scenes in like within the next year? I'm curious how TV shows set in high school will be filmed because, you know, you're so used to seeing the large groups of people walking through the hallways in high school. And I'm like, well, how many people can they fit in a hallway now? It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see how things are done. Watch like all of the next like high school movies for the next year. Just be like all in California schools. So they're all outside. <laughs> yes, exactly. Honestly, it wouldn't be that Dang. bad. Would be terrible. Yeah. So last question, a little reflective. What's something that we all learned from doing the podcast this year? Let's start with Finley. Gee, I mean, there are like really two sides to <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> you said gee. It just started off with a very like, I don't know. <laughs> like you went through a lot of hell and back. Amazing. <laughs> uh, you guys are so funny. Well, I think there are two sides to running a podcast, especially when like you're like a quote unquote personality on the podcast where like when you're in the planning phase, you really like have to think about you have to be really organized in terms of, OK, who are we getting to be on the podcast? How are we going to schedule them? What are interesting topics? And I would say that's one of the harder parts is like thinking about how to come up with an interesting topic that is covering new ground that you haven't covered before. And I'd say that's been pretty difficult in the pandemic because, you know, it's not like we're going out and doing new things. So it's really you really got to put uh, your mind to work there. And then I think being on the podcast, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I always wonder, how do these people do it? Like being on a podcast isn't easy. <laughs> it's it's really like I was being on the podcast is like, you know, I, I'm i here to 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 a certain extent entertain and inform. And it's always like finding a balance between like keeping people interested, but also trying to like share something new. It's like a real left side, right side brain job. Yeah, it definitely is. It's, you know, has both sides of creativity and, and structure, but definitely not without its challenges. What about you, Wallace? I definitely agree with Finley on it being a very right side, left side brain job. But like I, for better or worse, I really like entertaining just in general. So like just being for being better able to, or worse. Listen, entertainment <laughs> could be a very weird like mix of stuff. So <laughs> I but I, I like I've liked talking to you guys. It's been very fun. I've like I've like just kind of having a chance to just like share my words with anyone who like listens. And uh, I've also I guess found out how much I kind of like producing things as a whole. Like I really like the back end job, back end part of this. Like as hectic as it's gotten for multiple reasons over like the year of its production from literally when it first started to now each season kind of having its own weird quirks about why things were hectic behind the scenes it's been fun it's been a lot of fun to just actually make this it's like a fun year-long project i really got something out of this just like from what i found out about how i like doing things or just like what i like to do in general so it's been nice yeah i definitely feel the same way i think and i haven't really you know been doing it as long because i didn't really do the first season. I did the second season, but not like as part of the team. I was just kind of in the background doing like covers, like for the social media. And I don't know, I think this season has been really fun. It's taught me a lot. I've been able to talk to people, which is fun. I wasn't really talking to people before. Um, like on Zoom, it was just slacking people. So that was fun. I think it really helped me to learn about creative processes and, you know, helped me become organized and talk to you guys and be able to just speak about things that I wouldn't really normally talk about. And I think that was a really good thing. I think I learned a lot. So thanks for talking to me, guys. This was great. Thanks <laughs> so, for listening. Oh, of course. <laughs>
<laughs> but yeah, thank you everyone for listening to um, another season of 50 Millimeter, a Scarlet Media Lens. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us on 50 Millimeter, a Scarlet Media Lens. Scarlet Media is a student media team operating from Rutgers Division of Continuing Studies Media Services. To learn more about Scarlet Media, check out the Media Services website at tvstudio.rutgers.edu. We hope you'll join us next time.